You're listening to episode 77 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there and welcome to Chat About Children where we chat about all things children and empower you to grow with the children in your life. A big welcome to our Thriving Kids series here on the Chat About Children podcast. This is episode four of five, and basically this series is a rebroadcast of five episodes that I've handpicked that really contribute to nurturing thriving children. These episodes have been reproduced to basically be condensed and share the highlights and the golden nuggets of information, but of course you can access the full episodes in the podcast. Now, before we launch into today's episode, I do need to acknowledge that this week is Speech Pathology Awareness Week. And for those of you who perhaps might be meeting me for the first time today, I'm a speech pathologist of over 20 years. And in my 20s, I founded Talking Head Speech Pathology Clinics in Sydney, Australia. Now, the theme of the Speech Pathology Awareness Week this week is communication is everyone's right. And in fact, it is vital to our daily functioning, to our optimal well-being, and to our effective learning. So it's very fitting that today's episode is all about raising strong, confident kids. Now, of course, you can access the show notes at chataboutchildren.com. So today's chat, I'm joined by Dr. Louise Medcalf. She's a psychologist who has dedicated almost 30 years to helping others, especially children, to grow with tools of resilience and adaptability to our ever-changing world. Dr. Metcalf shares valuable insights into how parents, carers, and educators can easily and effectively nurture kids to be strong and confident. And she also shares her very exciting latest innovative tool designed to help kids strengthen their emotional awareness and positive brain health. Let's get this chat started with Dr. Louise Metcalf. Welcome to Chat About Children. Thank you, Sonia. It's a real pleasure to be here to chat with you today. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, look, we're going to talk about a very interesting and important topic, and that is raising strong and confident kids. Now, how about we kick off with you telling us what that actually really means? My take on it is really about adaptability in challenging times. So just knowing that, you know, that difficult things will come your way because life does that and you have some resources that you know you can go to 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 navigate those kinds of you know choppy waters those difficult territories so that's my that's my take on that really and so what would you deem to be the ingredients that kind of make are the makings of a strong confident child yeah it's a few things it's it's really when it comes down to it, it's really knowing that that you are enough as you are. The truth is we're all valuable. You know, human beings are amazing and, you know, um, each one of us is actually unique. I can, there's actually a mathematical theorem about that, by the way. We really, really are unique. <laughs> it's evidence-based, right? Excellent. Would you say, though, to some degree that some kids are more naturally inclined to be strong and confident than other kids? Yes, this might be a little shocking, but I would say no. (laughs) Mm, Interesting. All right, tell us more. 
Well, there is some research in this area where there's a bit of discussion about, you know, yes, possibly. Um, and there's a lot of sort of biological stuff they kind of throw into that, you know, the organic stuff about the brain. And, you know, that's a possibility. But if you put people in challenging circumstances, you know, we all have to learn to navigate our way out of it and or, or through it. And you, you cannot uh, just be born with that. You have to actually learn it. So I would say no. I think, I think some kids have circumstances or people around them that kind of gives them a, that little bit of edge, you know, um, and that's pretty strong in the resilience literature as well. If you've got somebody around you who is a real supporter, who really, you know, uh, helps you to thrive as, a, as an individual human being, it does make a big difference. Interesting. I find that really interesting because I feel like sometimes um, there's a tendency for, um, or as, as we all know, there's a tendency for people to label kids as she's really confident or he's a bit shy or so there's always labels that are just getting shot out all the time. And, you know, and that's a really common one as to whether someone's confident or shy or whatever it might be. So that really challenges that Louise, which is good because it might make us, I guess, potentially just a little bit more mindful about how we, how we consider or what words we consider to use around our kids to label them. Is those adaptability skills will refine and will grow and will develop with opportunities for practice. Is that pretty much the summary there? Absolutely. Yeah. If, if we can give kids a sense that, you know, like it's, uh, it is actually appropriate to react to challenging situations, you know, it's appropriate to kind of um, to have a moment of struggle. That's actually okay. That's totally normal. And to progress through that in terms of learning what you do next and, you know, knowing that you can use your strengths and, you know, even what you value and some of your personality maybe to actually, you know, travel through those difficult times. Absolutely. So have you observed any kind of pattern over all the years of working with kids, any kind of pattern as as to what you think might be going on um, regularly or frequently that might impede kids or slow down that development um, of kind of building those adaptability skills? Yeah, look, I think there is some stuff that's kind of stacked against kids these days that that we probably didn't have in our childhood. Um, But having said that, I was an anxious kid. I was undiagnosed as anxious, but obviously as a psych, I kind of went, oh, okay, (laughs) seeing it now. (laughs) Um, So it's not like it didn't sort of happen for, you know, other generations, but but the current um, lot of kids are a lot more anxious and UNICEF have published some very recent work around the numbers that they think are anxious, so which is quite high, um, quite quite high indeed, which is quite shocking. But it's, you know, it's the pandemic. But even before the pandemic, the rates were up to around about 10 to 20%. There's a bit of disagreement among the epidemiologists. So that's quite, that's quite bad in itself, really. We didn't need the pandemic to make that worse at all. Yes, yes. So why do you think, why do you think mental health issues are being observed in actually, you know, younger and younger kids? What are your thoughts on this? You mentioned things are stacked up against them. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. Like, I think we do live in a less secure world. You know, a lot of adults don't have secure jobs anymore. And kids do pick that up. 
you know, they, they do see that stuff. So it is around them. Um, we also have, you know, a lot of hyperconnectivity these days. So, um, you know, they can pick up any news item, really. Um, I actually uh, advocate for limiting the news in, in, you know, while you're in a pandemic with kids and even a little bit outside a pandemic, just because we are swamped in it. But look, they can find it on the internet anytime, anyway. So, um, and they are, they are doing that. Kids do that. They're curious about the internet. So most kids are surfing the internet a little bit and seeing stuff that maybe parents would not choose for them to see. Mm. So hyperconnectivity is definitely um, an interesting problem. There's also a lot of kids like to be constantly available on their devices. And obviously we like kids not to have their devices on, you know, 24 seven. Um, but, you know, some, sometimes kids feel very pressured to be very connected, to know what their friends are saying about them all the time. So that's also part of that. And of course, linked to that, social media. And mm. um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure this comes up a lot. It is a very, very strong factor. Um, Instagram particularly is, very unhealthy probably because it idealizes so much so again you lose that component of you know it's it's normal to fall down you know it's normal to have faults it's normal to have errors you know it's normal to have a pimple yes absolutely acne good old acne i know (laughs) the focus on perfectionism it's it's very strong. It's very prevalent. You know, um, we had that in you know uh, earlier generations, but it was a lot more limited. You know, it was in your um, going back a bit. Dolly magazine. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember Dolly. <laughs> it was good, wasn't it, Dolly? The yes. good old day. Um, yeah, yeah. But you put it down, right? You put it down and walk away. Whereas. These days, yeah, that is so much harder. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's actually stacked against kids at the moment. Yeah, there's lots to work through. And and when we say stacked against kids, that obviously includes parents and carers and educators because, you know, we're all within the child's world, obviously, and we have to manoeuvre all of that in our own uh, different contexts and ways. So, Louise, how... This is a big question, but how do we best support kids, you know, during COVID? It's been a really interesting year and I'm sure you've talked about it a lot, but have you got a few kind of top ways to provide support? Yeah, my big tip is always limiting the news a bit. And also it's good to kind of use this time to talk about challenging circumstances and how we navigate those things, maybe as individuals but also as a family or as a group, how we can, you know, pool resources, work together and get through, you know, challenging times like this. So there's heaps of opportunity here as well. And also I find it's really good to just, you know, because we're slowing down, we have to, you know, some of us are locked in pretty much. It's a good time to just slow down, practice a little bit of, you know, relaxation or restorative stuff. You know, a lot of people talk about meditation. That is such a great idea. Uh, Teach kids how to meditate. Teach kids how to just stop and breathe. And that is so useful in so many areas of life. So those techniques just really set you up for life. And it's a good opportunity to really use those now. Same for parents. So, 
you cannot sacrifice on your own self-care when you do that. So it's actually you should prioritize your own self-care as you go, which is a challenge, definitely, but totally worth it. Fantastic. And right there, you've given a really lovely summary. It's not, you know, a, a huge list, but some core aspects that are really their, their tools that are going to contribute to your child building that, you know, strength and that confidence. And if, if I'm going to just summarize it, it would be communication, which was one. The second one would be the meditation tool. So a real hands-on strategy. This is what I can reach for right now and do. And then the third one was about, you know, for parents, carers and educators, modeling self-care. They're great top three tips. Thank you, Louise. That's excellent. So if we're going to kind of build from that, how do we help kids to know their strength? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a big difference between strengths and talents. A talent would be, you know, you're really good at maths, for example. That's a great talent. That if you're really great at maths, you're, you know, you've, you've practiced a lot. So you probably have a little bit of dedication, a little bit of discipline. And that is a strength. So those are things you want to spot. The personality stuff, you know, that really shows you what you what your kid can do and just pointing that out to them. They don't have to be stellar at it. They don't have to be so disciplined that, hey, they could walk into the army tomorrow and tell them how to do it. But they, you know, they could show that little bit of, no, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna finish this before I move on to the next thing. And if you notice that, you can draw their attention to it and get them to recognize how useful that is. You know, wow, that's amazing. You know, you're really um, disciplined. You're going to sit down here and finish that before you move on to the next thing. That's really helpful in life. Great work. You know, um, drawing their attention to it. By the way, it's also really important to kind of use that sort of um, more heightened voice because, um, you know, a lot of what kids experience in life, a lot of how adults communicate is pretty flat language, pretty boring to kids. <laughs> you know, the kids, if they really want to, if you really want them to actually kind of remember, you have to sort of heighten that voice a little bit to really get their attention and get them to see that this is actually a special message for them. And yeah, it's not about perfection. It's just spotting those little moments when you can see your kid's personality kind of shine that little bit. And you can help them to see that this is a real strength in life that they can use to carry them through. And also it, it can be really useful to just give them a little touch as well. Like obviously parent to child, you might kind of give them a little hug, you know, and go, oh, that's amazing, um, you know, and uh, teachers can sort of touch the, the lower arm. So, yeah, that little bit of touch also draws their attention to this is actually a very important thing and something that I need to put into my memory that I can use later. Yeah, definitely. It's really all about making those patterns in memory that help kids to kind of recognise what their strengths are and when their strengths are useful so that they can pull them out and off they go. And also another way you can do this is, in a quiet moment, maybe on a Friday evening, you know, when you're just cooling down from the week, you can if you take your kid aside a little bit and just tell them a little bit of what you've noticed during the week, you know, what you've really liked about them as a person and what they've done in their week. You know, it helps them to recognise some real self-worth. And by sort of generalising it a little bit, you do help them to see that it's not always about just what they do. 
but it is about also who they are, which is a very powerful message. It's it's a little bit complex for younger kids, but as kids get older, they start to find those messages uh, even even better because they're they're already they've already got the ones that are directly about behavior. So those those bits that I I just like you as a person. I like that you're curious. You know, I just think that's amazing. Look what look what you can do. Look look at you know what you have discovered. Uh, look at what you know you you're talking to me about. Listen to that. That's amazing. And it's all because you have this curiosity, and I just really like that about you. You know, that is a very powerful message for kids. Lovely, and it is. It's super important. If you're a mum or know a mum who could do with some support. This is an invitation to join the Flourish for Mums four-week self-care program. This weekly program is inspired by the best-selling book, Flourish for Mums, 21 Ways to Thrive with Self-Care and Acceptance, and is led by the fabulous author, Sonia Bestelich. She takes mums on a powerful journey to reconnect with themselves whilst building authentic relationships with fellow mums. Sound like something you want to join? Join our community from anywhere in the world. Mums, it is time for you to flourish. Sign up at flourishformums.com. One that I find myself doing sometimes is thanking my children. With kids, like an adult, thanking them for something that they've done, even if they haven't really noticed that they've been doing it. Um, it just, just gives them such a huge lift. You know, that's really, that is terrific for self-confidence. And also, yes, great role modelling. So if, if you want to get a thank you one day from, from your kid, you need to thank your kid. And if, if you need to, if you want to get a sorry one, one day from your kid, you need to say sorry to your kid too. And that's that's quite a, you know, a, a real sort of, um, you know, light bulb moment for a lot of people to really get that it, it comes back to you, but you have to, you have to roll on the first. Yes, yes. So how about ways to continue fostering that confidence and that flow in everyday life? Help us understand that a little bit more. Yeah. So when was the last time you deliberately did something you knew you were crap at? <laughs> Are you asking me to answer that? <laughs> Can you think of one? This is actually a really hard question for an adult. When was the last time I did something that I was really crap at? Yeah, you knew. You knew you were bad at it, but you were going to do it anyway. Oh, I'd have to think about that. Um, not saying I avoid those. <laughs> not saying I avoid those. Actually, you know what? It was probably on the weekend and it did probably reinforce that I was crap at it. But it's okay, and then I probably needed to delegate that task. That's what I learned from that. <laughs> See, that's great. That is a really great little, little micro case study there of teaching resilience because there's heaps of stuff in the world that, yeah, we're crap at, right? But the truth is adults normally can get around it. You know, we delegate it or, you know, we hire somebody to do it for us or, you know, we buy it, you know. <laughs> We, we figured out our little workarounds. We barely noticed them now, you know. And as a result, kids, if you're not actually challenging yourself to do things that are, you know, are actually going to cause you to, you know, be bad at something, kids can have this misrepresentation in their heads that actually life should be kind of, you know, pretty smooth sailing, pretty nothing happens, you know, nothing challenging happens. Or as an adult, nothing challenging 
aging happens to you. And that's that's a pretty tall mountain to climb if you think about it from a kid's perspective. They might think to themselves, oh, I'm never going to get there. You know, I struggled to, you know, to, to, to read. How am I going to be as, as great as my parent is in life? Everything just kind of works for them, right? Yeah, so it is so much better for parents to kind of go, you know what, I'm going to learn the violin this year. Never tried it before. <laughs> it's going to sound awful. But I'm going to show my kid that this is how, this is what learning looks like. And there are days when you kind of go, I really hate the violin, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so, I mean, what are you, what's your advice to a parent that might be listening, kind of going, oh, that's just too much? Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know what, there's, you know, more important things going on in our home environment and context right now that, you know, I'm not, I'm not really in a position to focus on this stuff. Tell us more about that kind of environment or context. Yes, it's a really old saying, but it is still very, very true. It takes a village to raise a child. So it can be like in in our very individualised modern world, we can buy into the notion that, you know, it is all about the parent. The parent does everything. If you're not, if something isn't working, it must be the parent's fault. Um, No, actually, it takes a village to raise a child. So absolutely the team around you is what you want to go to you know the educators maybe there's some health professionals maybe there's uncles and aunts you know um you know look around you see the people around you that are you know part of your child's life already maybe or that you can bring into your child's life to really give them the support that they need so it's the village it is all about the village yeah and it does make a big difference it really really helps kids absolutely yeah and being proactive in creating community um, oh absolutely yeah yeah it's huge absolutely huge so look there there's obviously been developments in technology um they're coming to the forefront in helping to complement that strength building and and as i mentioned in the uh, intro i know you recently launched the george app now how did that come about and why yeah, so it's funny, isn't it? As a when you're you know doing your day to day health practitioner psych stuff, you might notice things are kind of um, increasing. But um, if you're like me anyway, you just kind of go, oh, it's probably the times, you know, it'll pass or something, you know. I just kind of explained it away to myself. But when I had my own child, those conversations about childhood anxiety, you know, actually were were all around me. They were sort of what early childhood educators, his early childhood educators, but also their their contacts and um, and their contacts wanted to talk about. And it was it's, it started to scare me a little bit. It's actually the condition in childhood that has the most challenging prognosis for adult mental health. So we. You know that it needs to be tackled. And as I looked into the rates of childhood anxiety, it also made me question how we would go as a workforce in terms of actually being able to help that number of kids. And looking at the two alongside each other, it was really clear that we're just not going to be able to do that, not unless we quadruple the the health practitioner programs around the country. And that's that would be impossible. That would create huge quality assurance pro- uh, problems. So the, the best option is really to maximise the time with the human being. And the best way to do that is actually through technology. 
but it's it's the sort of technology that that does kind of focus on the humans you know we build a lot of technology because it seems good at the time or, or it kind of you know might support some of our you know kind of addictive tendencies social media is a good example of that mm -hmm. um but social media is not a bad idea in total you know to stay in touch with your friends is a great idea there's just some bits in it that, yeah, really weren't created for, you know, with human mental health in mind, and that creates problems. So technology that links, um, you know, practitioners or health professionals to families in really healthy ways that actually supports the family, that's what we really needed. And that was clear to me as, as I sort of took this journey of um, looking at these sort of workforce issues alongside the rates of childhood anxiety. So I realised, of course, that nobody was doing this. There's some amazing companies out there and they do amazing kind of meditation and mindfulness things, um, but their technology is not built for kids and certainly not built with this healthy human mind uh, philosophy so even though i'm a psychologist and you know pro like coding oh my gosh uh -huh. <laughs> yep that's where the uh the reaching out to support came in yeah oh there's my village yep <laughs> yes so that's and that's where you know i knew george had to kind of happen and with all these amazing people george yeah george was created so what's the objective of george george has a very simple mission his job he's just a little robot he's very very sweet and wise and his job is just to help kids to build resilience and to deal with anxiety so very very simple but it's, it's so powerful. So we weave a little bit of therapy into him um, and that's all about positive psychology, literally kind of creating these sort of memory connections for kids so that they can have that resilience through, through life, really. George has this philosophy to kind of, you know, help kids kind of learn stuff for life. Um, but he's very, very deliberately non-addictive, which is, um, you know, sort of new, I think, for kids, kids' technology. That's yeah, and if it's a few minutes a day, I guess it's building that, that pattern of behaviour in and it's building a habit in, and then you'd like to think yeah. that those, uh, those, those ways to think through things, to problem solve, to reflect, that that's just, you know, you know just as they practised a little each day. Um, and, I, and I like the sound of it because I think that often there is concern about, you know, is this going to replace the human communication that does need to happen? Because a parent will be kind of going, well, I want, I might want my child to talk to me, not tell George everything. Yeah, sure. Tell George some stuff, but then I want to know some stuff too. You know, like how do you balance that out, Louise? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, we want kids to really talk to their parents, you know. In fact, the, the, um, the exercises in the app are designed to get kids better at talking about emotions and being able to say specifically what they're actually feeling and then 
be able to sort of say, well, this is, you know, what's what's led me to feeling that, you know, what the kind of in inverted commas cause would be, right? So it's actually getting kids to be better communicators. So it would be a real sort of, you know, um, flop if then they didn't actually use that, right? So we actually, you know, we talk about trusted adults. We encourage kids to go and talk to their trusted adults and and uh, and George does that. It's like, it might be a good idea to go and talk to your trusted adult about this yeah. and use, yeah. use some language that you can use yeah to help parent to help to help adults understand you know sometimes the way that kids phrase things maybe the way that they're feeling or some of the things that they're experiencing is actually quite hard for adults to kind of get specifically what they're trying to get at so um, George just helps to kind of bridge that communication gap a little bit and really facilitate that communication and that's true for you know if you have a treating professional that is helping your child as well he, he helps to kind of facilitate that as well so that there's more information that the treating professional can have if you choose to, to give that knowledge to them. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and it's and it makes sense because the way you're describing it, there's those opportunities for practice for the child. It's giving them the confidence because then they're kind of learning and practicing the language around it. And then it also is building that self-awareness so that they're kind of going, oh, this is what's going on for me. And they're feeling, I guess, that strength or that empowerment and that readiness to be able to communicate it to someone else. So, yeah, that's really cool. We've covered a lot of fantastic, valuable info today. So, Louise, what would be your take-home message for parents and carers listening? I think it's wise to be aware that anxiety is on the rise. But my take-home message is don't look at that and kind of go, oh, you know, that's, oh, that's awful, you know, and feel deflated. Instead, look around at all the amazing people that are helping kids in this space right now. And I know there's a lot of um, educators in schools that are really focused on this area as well. They're all around you. So find them, you know, find them, go and talk to them, engage with them, bring them into the village, your child's village, and really maximise all that good stuff around you. It is all around you. So that's my main message, build the village. And, yeah, George can be part of the village, but, yeah, there's, it should be quite big. The village should be big. Yeah, that is fantastic. So, Louise, how can listeners learn more about you and George? Well, come to the website. Everyone says that, but it's, so, it's such an easy way to connect. So um, George is spelled G-H-E-O-R-G, which is a little unusual, but it's an acronym. So it's Gentle to Humans, Emotion and Thought, Organisation and Resilience Guide. George.com, G-H-E-O-R-G. Cool. Wonderful. Yes. Well, Louise, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure having you join us on today's Chat About Children episode. Thank you so much, Sonia. It's brilliant. Such a wonderfully relevant and valuable chat there with Dr. Louise Medcalf. Remember to leave a rating and a review from your favorite podcast player and to also share this episode with family, friends and with colleagues who you know will benefit. I thank you so much for your attention. I celebrate you and look forward to chatting soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Vestelich, www.chataboutchildren.com.